0: Um, But if you notice, we're doing things a little bit differently uh, this morning because we are so excited at the fact that today we are going to be baptizing 16 people. And just so pumped about that. So we're going to try to cut things down a little bit shorter because we want to give time to give God glory. and, And really, this is an incredibly special moment. See, baptism in and of itself it's not all that special. That's just water. Although, listen, it's heated. Okay, we we, we go the extra mile. We make sure that water's nice. Um. But but if it's not for the inward decision that one makes to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, then this means nothing. This is an outward testimony, an example of an inward decision that's been made. It's almost like uh, the example I always like to use is your wedding day, right? Your wedding ceremony. The wedding ceremony doesn't constitute the marriage when you fill out a marriage certificate and you turn that in. That's when you're technically married. But the ceremony is a celebration with friends and family to say. I am so in love with this person that I want to share that with everyone that's important to me, and I want to make my commitment public so that you can celebrate with me. And today we have the privilege of celebrating 16 unique individuals' commitments to their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Of those, about half of them are teenagers that were, yeah, amen. You'll get your moment, you'll get your moment. But uh, it's a result of one of the many wonderful, incredible, powerful testimonies to come out of the retreat that they had last weekend, which, by the way, thank you so very much for those of you who planted seeds, who trusted us with your children, who sowed financially into that event. Um, We're going to have some time down the line in the next few weeks where we'll have the team come and share at length some of the things that God has done. Uh, But I'll be honest with you, this is the first time I didn't go to the retreat as a leader. And in the, in the whole history of our retreat that we've been doing for so many years now, this is the first time that I wasn't there, and it was a bittersweet moment. I mean, I snuck up there just because, you know, I'm in charge. I can do what I want. So I did sneak up there, but it's the first time I'm like not involved in everything. I'll be honest with you. It was bittersweet, right? There was a part of me that really missed being in there in those moments and shepherding those moments, but then there was another part of me that was so happy I didn't have to walk into that junior high dorm. <laughs> I kid you not, there is a distinct, you know how they say smell is the greatest memory trigger? You don't want to be triggered by that boy's junior high room. And they try so hard. The leaders try so hard. They get Febreze. They get Dawn. They get even the cheap stuff from Dollar Tree. They get everything they can to try to make that thing smell good. But it can, there is no chemical that can compete with those little boy's bodies' chemicals do. I mean, straight BO hits you in the back of the nostrils, strong and pungent, and it's not the kind of thing. It's one of those situations, though, because it, it smells so bad, honestly, because that is the unique group that refuses to shower more than anybody else. They're just like, no, I'm all right. And, the, and the, man, the counselors are on top of it. Hey, bro, did you shower? No, you need to shower. Come on, you're going to shower. That's the, that's the group of kids. When a junior high kid comes home and mom opens up their luggage to do their laundry, she's looking at it going, I gave you four clean pair of underwear. Why are there four clean pair of underwear here? <laughs> did you wear the same underwear all weekend? It's like, that's the thing that's, it's hard by the time she tries to wash it. Okay, So, so there's, there's a smell. And again, it's because... They just refuse to get clean and they're sweating and they're running and they're rolling around and eating gross stuff and I didn't miss that. Although I tell you what, in the weekend there was a half a second where I smelled it. I was like, oh, there it is. It was when I was changing Luca's diaper. (laughs) Why am I bringing all that up? What does that have to do with anything? Because I know we're short on time. This is what it is. It's important that we wash off the old and get fresh. Right? Too many of us, after making a commitment to Jesus Christ, fail to have any change in our lives. And that's not God's failure, it's our refusal to change. Here's the reality when you say yes to Jesus, one of the most obvious signs that it's a genuine and true commitment. Is there's change in your life and a lot of people worry about that a lot of people are like well I don't want to change my life and that's why I don't want Jesus in my life Like I like who I am. I am who I am But any relationship that is meaningful that you get into Creates change. I mean seriously look at some of the adult men in this room and then look at pictures of them when they were teenagers That wife helped you a lot she changed some stuff, right? She, she turned that lump of coal into this beautiful statue that's before you, right? There was a lot of work and sweat that went into some of those dudes. All the wives in the house said amen. amen. Oh, you were too quiet. Well, that was your shot, ladies. I gave you one. That was a softball. But listen, Ephesians reminds us. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 21 through 24, it says, Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. It says, listen, when you say yes to Jesus, when you begin to grow in your knowledge and your understanding of Jesus, change is inevitable. The problem oftentimes is we stall or prevent change because of our refusal to move and to throw off the old. So if you're taking notes, the first thing we got to be reminded in this scripture is you got to be willing to take off the old self. There were some days, especially when I was younger, when I'd come home just covered in filth. Whether it was from a job working construction or working at a warehouse or playing football or basketball, you know, back in the day, I don't know if kids still do it nowadays, but I always had a pair of basketball shorts under my jeans in case a game popped off. You just took the jeans off and went in on it, right? It was the thing. And so a lot of times I'd get home and I'd be covered in dirt and soot and all that type of stuff. Uh, You know, there were days where I would, uh, I was so dirty. I remember my mom would make me change in the porch, Take your clothes off in the porch. Don't be walking in the house with all that. And so I'd have to change my clothes, uh, my outer garments at least, in the porch and then walk into the house and go straight to the bathroom, straight to the shower. But listen, I couldn't just jump in the shower with what I was wearing, right? I couldn't just jump in and well, my clothes are dirty and I'm dirty. Let's all get washed together. No, no, no. I had to take that off. That had to have its own special treatment. And I myself had to get in to the shower and bathe. Second Corinthians chapter five verse 17 reminds us, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, the new life has begun. Listen, this is important to understand because too many of us are walking around with what we used to be. And we're still identifying with what we used to wear. And I I laugh because nowadays if you just wait 10 years, what you used to wear gets back in style. And so there are some stuff that kids are wearing nowadays. I was like, we tease kids who wore that, and now it's cool, right? And so things come full circle, but not sin. That old way who you used to be, who you were identified as by so much of those years, that's not you anymore. And the problem, one of the reasons why you can't see yourself as who you are becoming is because when you look in the mirror, you're still wearing the old clothes, So you still look like, even though on the inside God has made a change, you still look like and you still view yourself as who you used to be before you said yes to Jesus. And so you start thinking, well, well, nothing's changed. I'm still the same old, same old. Well, yeah, you got to take off that clothes. Listen, the reality is that God calls everyone to him as they are. God's not asking you to change so that you can come to him. That's not what we're saying. And too many people delay coming to Jesus because they think, well, I got to get myself right first. That doesn't make sense either. That's like taking a shower before my shower. That that makes no sense. Okay? Jesus said, come as you are. Like, I want you in all your filth and all your dirt. Come to me. But I love you too much to let you stay in all that filth and all that dirt so that when you come to me, I will then wash you, I will then make you clean. Right? I've been in the house with my kids the last couple of weeks, just day in and day out, and you know, there are times where they're dirtier. You know, my son like, will pee on himself, and you know, I love him, I don't get mad that, that pee is everywhere, and the poop is everywhere, none of that bothers me, because I'm their parent. Like There are times, you know parents, where your hands get covered in it, or they pee on you, and, and there's these moments where you're like, that's gross, but still, that's my child. That doesn't bother me. now. What would make me a bad father is if I left my son in his urine. If I left my daughter in her filth. As a loving father, I don't mind that they're dirty, but I love them too much to leave them dirty. And so I take them and I pay them and there's such a joy. And and listen, man, again, when you got kids and you pick up that freshly bathed baby, you take that deep inhale, that... (sighs) (sighs) Listen, I always love my kids, but there's an extra special moment when you've just washed them. This is what's required of us, but how many know? You can't take a bath until you take off your clothes. The second thing is this. Once you are in the bath, in case you didn't know, it is very important that you apply soap. Okay? It is not enough to stand in the bath and let the water hit your face. Okay? You gotta be willing to apply soap. When we get in the shower, there are some products that we gotta get intimately familiar with. Soap, shampoo, conditioner. Right? Just something that some of y'all got to get like, what are those those, uh, metal scrubs just to get half that dirt off? It's not enough for you to know about soap and to know about shampoo and to know about the ingredients. What good is soap if it's never applied to your body? Listen, James chapter 1, verse 21 through 25. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word of God has planted in your hearts for it is the power to save your souls. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it is like glancing at your face in the mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. Soap is useless if it's not applied. Just because you have soap in the house doesn't mean you have soap on you. And what I'm talking about when I mean soap specifically in this is the word of God. God is giving you the scriptures in order to wash you. The Bible says the washing of the word, that's what cleanses us, that's what purifies us, that's what changes us. And too many of us, we have Bibles, we just don't apply it. We've even read Bibles, but we don't apply it. So it's the application of the word, not the knowledge of the word that changes you. So you can know all you want about the word, but if you don't live it, what good is that? You can be the greatest theologian on the face of the planet, but if you don't live out what it says, then it's utterly pointless. And as a matter of fact, all throughout my years with our teenagers, and I still do this with adults, one of the acronyms I use to help people understand how to spend that daily time with God is actually SOAP. It's an acronym that we use that stands for Scripture, Observation, Application, and Prayer. Every morning when you meet with God, you open up that scripture, and if you can't summarize what you read, I would argue you don't know what you read, so read it a few times. Don't worry about reading 19 chapters. Read 19 verses, but as long as you understand, that's what's important observation is, well, what did you notice in those scriptures? What stood out to you? Why did he say it that way? Why did he use that analogy? Who is he talking to? These are questions that we just kind of glance over, but it's important to understand. It's like if you walk halfway into a movie and they start talking about this other character, eventually you're going to lean over and go, well, who's that person? Is that their dad? Yeah, that's their dad. Oh, now it makes sense because I understand the relationship. So, you got to ask questions because if you just kind of read it and don't have context and don't have understanding and don't know what it's like to be a first century Jew in the time of Jesus, then it's going to be complicated for you to grasp the fullness of what the scriptures are saying. And then, application is what we're talking about taking time to figure out and say, how do I today apply what I've just read to my life? If I'm reading about kindness, then i got to ask myself, today I need to make a conscious effort to go out and be kind to someone. Because what good is it if I have the recipe but I don't cook the meal? Right? Who cares if you know all the recipes in the world but you never cook me dinner? Like, What good is it? Good for you. You know a lot of things, but I'm still hungry waiting for you to make me something. And then lastly, it's prayer. Why? Because we need prayer in order to apply the scriptures that God asks us to do. We need prayer, we need God's help to do everything God called us to do. Daily devotionals will help you accomplish that. Spending every day in your word consistently. That's the old saying that says, I'd rather be consistently good than occasionally great. Consistency is what matters in your time with God. You know why? What good is it to have a phenomenal three-hour shower once a quarter, (laughs) once a month? No, instead, bathe every day. And then you don't let that filth pile up and you don't let that gunk pile up and we don't got to get you know, all these kind of machinery to try to get it off you. <laughs> Too many people think, well, listen, I'm going to have a special moment once a week. Again, no offense, but that's gross. You took a bath or a shower once a week? Just on Sundays? People will notice. And you won't notice because you won't notice people. No one's going to be around you anymore. But when you take the time on a regular basis, and listen, we get this, especially those of you who are parents and you got teenagers, you got junior hires. isn't it weird that we have to argue with them to shower? You got to fight your kids to shower. It's like, dude, you stink. You don't smell that? Your room smells. You don't smell that? And here's the reality. When you're in that stink so long, you don't smell that. You don't notice it. You know when you notice it? After you've been cleaned. When you get clean and then you go back into that room or back into it, you're like, oh, that does smell. When you go back to that clothes, you realize that was filthy. It was just on me so long that I stopped noticing and I stopped paying attention. So you gotta apply soap, but here's the third thing. Once you apply soap, you gotta wash and rinse. This is where the scripture says we gotta be able to renew our mind and our attitude. I've often heard people refer to Christianity as brainwashing. Oh, they're just trying to brainwash you. That's just brainwashing. And you know what, I agree. Christianity is brainwashing because we are born with filthy minds, and we need a God to cleanse us of that. If you are just left to your own devices, you know more than anybody the depravity of your own mind, the thoughts that you've had, the thinking that is gone, the kind of thinking that you are so grateful that no one ever knew you thought that. We know the depths of our depravity and the filthiness of our mind and the things that we watch and the things that we say on the inside and the things that we feel. There is filth that is built up in our mind and it's God's word and God's grace and God's spirit that says, I'm going to wash that away. That's not who you were meant to be. Just because you're dirty doesn't make you dirty. It's just dirt on you. And I can wash that off. That's not who you are. Listen, Romans chapter 12, verse 2. It says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Yes, God wants to wash your brain. God wants to change the way you think. God wants to change the way you view things. Because he doesn't think the way you think. His ways are higher. His ways are better. His thoughts are so far above your own thoughts. There is a change that has to happen. And that's not a bad thing. That is to your benefit. That is to his glory. That is to our credit. That God is willing to say, listen, what you're thinking and how you're seeing things, we got to change that. We got to move in that. Again, as a parent, I'm I'm raising my kids right now. I'm I'm helping to shape that mentality and and how they feel about things. And, And there are some times where I have to correct it. Or, you know, we were at the store one time and there was uh, just a regular guy with a beard, but, you know, he looked kind of like a tough guy. And my, my daughter leans over to me. She goes, Papi, he's a bad guy. And I'm like, Shut, don't, maybe, but don't say that out loud. <laughs> but again, what does she say? Well, he looks like what I've seen on cartoons and in shows and isn't that a bad guy? And I'm trying to help her. No, no, baby, you don't know him. No, he, he might be a good guy. Like you got so Again, she's a three-year-old. Somebody, well, how are you having that in-depth conversation with her? It may not be in-depth, but it's at her depth. It's in a way that she understands. And every time you spend time with the Word, God is, is slowly shifting your mindset. Can we be honest? Listen, some of us, we don't even recognize how messed up our thinking is. And it's not even because you're just an evil person, but some of our thinking is scarred from trauma that we've had in our lives. From the way people have treated you, from the way uh, you've been abused, from stuff that you've had to go through. Listen, some of us, we have bad perceptions of God because, you know, maybe we felt hurt in a church setting at one part or another, or, or we had religion shoved down our throat and, and it's such a bad taste in our mouth now that, that we have a disdain for God. And so I understand why some of our perceptions and some of our thoughts are not necessarily what God wants. But what I love about God, is he doesn't look at you and go, you know what, you're, you're worthless then. You don't think the way I need you to think. You don't act the way I need you to act. So move on. No, God recognizes that stuff has happened in your life and maybe you don't see things the way he's asking you to see them now, but God is loving and patient enough to go ahead and take time and bathe you, to wash that mind away. You know, one of my mentors always told me that if you can change the way you think, you can change the way you behave. Too many of us struggle with behavior modification as if that's spiritual. We think if I can just stop doing bad things then I'll please my lord. Oh the lord is pleased with you because you're his in and of itself that's it. Now because of our relationship to god and because as I get closer to him I start to change the way I think because that's the the very nature of being in the presence of god. You can't be in god's presence and not start to change the very nature of being in the presence of God, things begin to change. And naturally, I want to do these things now. I want to change those ways. Why? Because it pleases my father, because it enriches my relationship with him, or because if I keep doing that thing, it hurts my relationship with God. So listen, maybe uh, when you were in your younger days and you, you collected a lot of significant other people's phone numbers and you were single and you were living it up, but when you committed to your spouse... You started getting rid of the old things. Why? Those are not options anymore. I'm committed to this person. Oh, well, you changed. I did. We're supposed to. It's not my fault. You're still acting like a 17 year old junior high or junior in high school. We've moved on. Why? Because that's part of life. Now, in the spirit, it's even more important to say, "Listen, I need to evolve. I need to change the way you believe." You ever? I'm you know, getting close to my 20 year high school reunion, and I might go, depending on where Movina sets the place up at, but. Have you ever uh, gone and met some friends from back in high school? You haven't seen each other in years, and you're like, wow, you think the same way as when you were 15. Like, you're still trying to go to the club, and you're 47 years old. Like, Papa, that time's over. Like, I don't know why you think you're still doing this. Like, you still, you, and 25 years, you only still got one move. I don't should, you, sh- you should have gave up. You got half of the two step, you never got the second one. And the reality is, yes, we got to change. Now, here's the truth. Some of you have been in church 20 years and you haven't changed. You're still the same. You're still mean. You're still uh, you know, angry. You're still you know, gossiping. You're still belittling. You're still struggling in your insecurity because you never handed it over to God. You never were willing to allow God to change the way you think. And if you can change the way you think, you can change the way you believe. And if you can change the way you believe, then you can change the way you behave. It's not behave, believe. It's believe and then behave. So you take the pressure off of you from trying to become this perfect thing and to allowing God, that's why the Bible says, let him change you by the renewing of your mind. It's allowing God to do what he's always wanted to do, was to make you fresh and to make you clean. Emily, if you can help me out on the keys, please. And now that We're all cleaned, right? We took the the old clothes off, we jumped in the shower, we applied soap, we rinsed it off. There's one more step. We got to put on the new nature, as scripture tells us. Take off the old self and put on the new nature. After everything you've just accomplished by taking off the old clothes and applying much needed soap, walking away from the dirt and the grime, The worst thing you can do is go back to the porch and put on the dirty clothes you just took off. That's just gross. Could you imagine that, like, I just finished bathing, and I'm gonna go back to that dirty, sweaty, filthy clothes and apply it to my body. No, 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 when you finish taking a bath, you go and you put on fresh, clean clothes, and it feels nice. Especially, I don't know, this is my own little unique thing, but I love, after a long day, when I take a shower at night, I put on some fresh PJs. I get into the bed when the sheets have just been washed and the blankets are fresh. I don't know, doesn't it feel different? Like, it just feels, that is the nicest sleep you ever get. You just get under, you're like, this is, this is nice. Why? Because I'm clean and I'm in something clean and I feel clean, I feel good. You feel refreshed. You feel like everything is just different now. Too many of us have said yes to Jesus, have allowed him to to apply that soap to us, right? The scriptures and and things began to change and, and we began to move but the problem is after everything that happened, we go back outside and we put on the old clothes. We come in here, we're moved even to tears. Man, God is so good. Then why are you still putting on old clothes? Why are you going back to who you used to be? Galatians chapter three, verse 26 through 28. For you are all children of God through faith in Jesus Christ. Not that we are all children of God at birth. We're children of God because of the faith that we've placed in Christ Jesus. Jesus. And all of you have been united with Christ in baptism, have put you in, in baptism, have put you in Christ, like putting on new clothes. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female. You are all one in Christ Jesus. What is he saying? What you used to identify with before God cleansed you is gone. You're not who you used to be. Contrary to what other people want to tell you, well, you're still the same old, same old. Look what's this. look. I remember when I, when I was really getting involved in church as a teenager and I was coming to Excel and I'd come home and my parents would say something dumb like, oh, you didn't throw the trash out. Is that what they taught you in church? I was like, I mean, I guess I missed the sermon on trash throwing out. <laughs> but there were moments, and I know they didn't mean to, <clears throat> but there are moments where people want to throw your past in your face and people want to throw your old clothes at you. And say, look at this, this is still who you are. And you're like, no, 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 I've lost a major spiritual sin weight. That don't even fit me anymore. That's not my size, that's not my color, that's not mine anymore. Take that to goodwill, donate it, burn it, do what you want to will. It ain't for me anymore. No, no, I got some new clothes. Right? Even this morning when I walked into German and we compared our plans, I said, do you have this? He said, no. Do I have that one? No, we'll switch next week. We got to get new shirts, why? Because I got to be unique, baby. I got to be me. (laughs) And Cole's bucks run out. But listen, our responsibility as Christians is to look like Christ. That's what it means to be a Christian. In Antioch, when they first, in the book of Acts, started calling believers Christians. Before that, they were just called people of the way. But when they started calling them Christians, what it meant was, These little Christ, you know, these guys, they're trying to look like Christ. That's what it means to be a Christian, to look like Christ. But you can't look like Christ and look how you used to look at the same time. Every day, you have to decide to put Christ on again. Every day, you have to clean yourself and put Christ on again. To look like Christ, to act like Christ, to love like Christ. Only then will an unbelieving world believe. Because too many people are like, well, I'd believe if I saw Jesus. And Jesus is saying, I sent you guys so that they could. They're supposed to see him in us and how we look and how we act and how we love. And again, I'm not talking like legalism. I'm not saying you got to wear long skirts and suits and, and never, you know, I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about the outer garments of your physical body talking about the change that happens within you that then comes out and how you act and how you live and how you treat people and the way you carry yourself so that people look at you and go there is something different about your life why are you the way that you are and I'll tell them it's because I've been bathed by the blood of the lamb I've been made white as snow does that mean I'm perfect far from it right far from it I still got a shower tomorrow right because throughout the day stuff gets on me yeah. and there will be a day where there will be no more showers where we will be clean forever and ever and ever but until then for right now I got to bathe again yeah. but as much as sin abounds grace abounds even more Amen. and so as no matter how dirty I am God's pantry never runs out of soap never runs out of water never runs out of loofahs God keeps taking care of me as long as I'm willing to surrender to that Amen? Amen. Church, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. Because it's one thing to know, but it's another thing to apply. And we need God's help to do that. So we're going to pray. And I'm going to ask those of you who are going to be getting baptized, if you would start making your way towards the bathrooms and getting prepared. But church, we need God's help if we're going to do this. Because like some younger people, many of us are stubborn and we don't want to bathe. We don't want to take off the old clothes. We don't want to act different. But once we do it, we realize how much we needed it. And so, Heavenly Father, I pray right now over every individual in this room, everyone that has confessed faith in you, every one of us that claim to be a child of God, every one of us that consider ourselves to be a little Christ. Father, I pray that you would help us to remove the old clothes, God. Lord, the things that we used to identify ourselves with, the things that we still like, and even the things we dislike about ourselves, the things that we think, well, well I'm still that child that was abused, or I'm, I'm still that teenager that was rejected, or I'm still that child that was abandoned, and, and they still identify with someone who's unloved, unwanted, uncared for. God, help us to remove the old clothes. To no longer identify with our sin and our abandonment. To apply this precious and wonderful word to our lives, almighty God. That it will wash away those old thoughts and those old ways of acting. That we would rinse it away, God. That the blood of the lamb would remove those thoughts. That we would no longer view things the way we used to view them. That we wouldn't think about ourselves the way we used to think about ourselves. That we would see ourselves the way you see us, God. And Lord, I pray that once we've been cleansed by the water of the word, once we've been cleaned by the blood of the Lamb, help us to not go back to those old things, God. Help us to not go back to the comfort of the old ways, to appreciate the freshness of a new day you've given us, and to put on new clothes, God. Not just for our sake, but for the sake of those who don't believe yet, God. That we would be a living testimony of your goodness and your grace. So that others who are still walking around in their old clothes, who are still covered in their filth, will see the cleanliness of our lives, Almighty oh God, the purity of our soul, and say, "I want what you have. I desire what you have. The countenance on your face, the way you carry yourself, the way you treat me, the way you live. I want what you have." And that we may introduce them, O oh Lord, to that same beautiful baptism that we received in you. So we thank you, Father. Thank you for your word. We thank you for your encouragement. We thank you for your love that doesn't reject us, but brings us in closer. We ask you, God, help us, not just today, but every day, to throw off the old, wash off the dirt, and be new in your eyes and in the eyes of others. We pray this in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone here said? Amen. Amen. Come on, would you give God a hand clap of praise?